Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yeah, no, I, you know, I just, um, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I didn't, that, it's not, I don't know if it surprises the word, John. I mean, it's, listen, every, Every day is um, a new day for me here and for us, and we're learning. But uh, just, you know, how quickly we can get our heads down and let the game get on top of us is, you know, something we got to really change. Yeah. And I'd love, really like my Raptors job I, back, too. I quit. <laughs> I'm going back to the Raptors. Thank you very much. Thanks for the time, Gerson. I appreciate it. Really appreciate Good it. Good so we'll, we'll get to some Wolves stuff. How's Chris Finch's first couple weeks going? Doogie has some information. This is Mackie and Judd, Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad, Declan, our executive producer. And it's Reckless Speculation Thursday on the show, which means... We bring in our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson, inside information about your favorite local sports teams. He is from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department. You can also find the Scoop podcast every week on Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and the Scorenorth app. And Doogie, we actually want to start with the other basketball team here because the Gopher, the, what, what a weird bleeping team. The Gophers, middle of the season, beat top five Iowa. They beat number 17 Michigan State at the time. They beat Ohio State. And they beat Michigan. All four teams are very, very good. Three of them are three of, at the time, three of the best teams in the country. Two of them might be one seeds in the NCAA tournament. And now they're probably going to finish under 500. And Richard Pitino is almost certainly not going to keep his job. What do you know about the current fragile state of that program? It is nuts. Good morning, gentlemen. I mean, not only did they beat Michigan and Ohio State, and you can make a case that both teams will be one seeds, if not one, two. Like, neither team is dropping below two. Certainly Michigan is a one. Ohio State, if they're not a one, will be a two in the NCAA tournament. Not only did they win those games, they blew out Michigan. They blew out Ohio State. What I know, Phil, at this point is with Six consecutive losses, two and nine since the Michigan win. It's obvious. The record speaks for itself. I have some numbers in front of me. 53 and 96 overall in the Big Ten, Richard Pitino is. 14 and 60 on the road. Five and 34 on the road the last four years. Our mutual friend Daniel House had the good note last night on Twitter. Since 1970. There's only been two Gopher seasons without a road victory, both under the watch, the guidance of Richard Pitino, 2015 and this year. The buyout doesn't go down significantly in a year. It goes from 175 to 15. If he's still the head coach on April 30th, there's a $400,000 retention bonus. You can't pay him that $400,000 bonus. So I can't tell you the exact date. And he will find out he is no longer the Gophers head coach, but it's pretty evident that the move is coming. So, Dukes, my guess is as far as the buyout for Patino goes, that there's going to be help from boosters on that, and so it's actually not going to probably come from the school's athletic slush fund. Although that's fund. part of the issue too, Judd. Mm-hmm. Who exactly are the Gophers basketball boosters? And I will I write ask a check you for that. $50 right now. Okay? I ask you that. I, I as, will help out. I well, will that's reach fine, out. But I'm just telling you, who are 75. the big money Gophers basketball boosters? Dick Ames, unfortunately, left us 
T. Denny Sanford hasn't donated for years. I've asked that very question to some influential people. These people don't know. Well, Ryan Saunders. Who are these influential for basketball boosters? He's got some cash. Will Ryan Saunders write a little bit? Just a little check. Uh, But my question off of that, Dukes, is going to be the most important thing. Because Patino's gone. Who replaces him? Who are the candidates? And and then I think the most important question is, and this is the pandemic-related part of the question, how much can they afford to pursue the names that we think that they should, you know, based on on the probably financial limitations that are going to exist? Well, I mean, they'll probably have to borrow like they have before from the university central fund and pay that back eventually. I mean, I don't think they are paying the next head coach, you know, three to three and a half million dollars. But I think there's some flexibility. You know, is it one six? Is it one eight? Patino's at what, like two to two one? I mean, I think to get anybody of of decency, you need to get to what Patino was making. You know, so is that two two one? Do you need to go north of that two two? I will say, by the way, that I'm positive that Rick Patino, Richard's dad, is working back channels trying to find a soft landing spot for Richard. And I think the University of Minnesota would love to see that. They would then say, let's say he ends up at New Mexico or Boston College. Or what about this scenario? That there is a program right now doing its homework on Richard Pitino that has a head coach. But they know if they can get Richard, they will fire their current head wow. coach. Are Those are the it? sorts of things that are happening back channel wise. Do just I don't want to put you in a tough spot. Do you know the team? I have a decent sense. What part okay. of the, what part of the country? South. Okay. Hmm. But anyway, <laughs> the university <laughs> then would Hillsborough say... High School in Tampa is about <laughs> oh to have a God. major announcement. <laughs> anyway, the University of Minnesota would say, okay, New Mexico, mm. you don't need to pay us the 175 to buy Patino out of his contract. Yeah, This will be a mutual parting. Go ahead. So the university would love to see a scenario like that where Richard can find a soft landing spot and avoid paying him the buyout. But if they have to pay him the buyout... The optics are going to be bad. Like I just got done. The reason I'm a little late with you guys is I lined up an interview days ago with, he's actually a kid that went to Meadowbrook Elementary where where my boys go in the West Metro. He just won a Big Ten championship at the indoor track, you know, championships last week in the mile. And so he's on the indoor and outdoor, you know, men's track team. And I said to him, oh, and I said, hey, there is dialogue about the University of Minnesota firing Richard Pitino. Like, how will you react if you see the university, if it comes down to it, having to cut him a check for $1.75 million when you know your indoor program is gone? You know they've laid people off in that athletic department over there. And he said, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, yeah, it will look incredibly bad. Yeah. It just will. The optics will be horrible, but you know what? Like, I don't know how you could justify bringing him back at this point. I didn't think two or three weeks ago we would get to this point. Like, I thought, you know, even after the Illinois loss, I thought, you know what? They can find a way to beat Northwestern. They can find a way to beat Nebraska. They can find a way to beat Penn State. The bubble is pretty weak. Like, look at the bubble right now. It doesn't take much to be on the bubble. Like, Duke is on the bubble. Look at Duke's resume. You know, Michigan State has now played itself back into into NCAA consideration. Like, look at the teams on the bubble. Like, if the Gophers had just found a way to win those three games, Dude, it's, yeah. even minus Robbins and Kausher, like, right now, even after that debacle of a performance a couple Saturdays ago against Illinois when effort was an issue, and that, yeah. was, the, that was the issue that game. Like, they had effort issues that game, Phil. Like, they still would be in the NCAA tournament if they just had won those three games. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I much like the Ryan Saunders conversation, it's it's a little hard for me because I, I, do, cons- I, I do consider Richard Pitino a friend, and I think he did some really good things for a while. Um, ultimately, I think he just got too reliant on transfers, and they're just... You know he he did, but that is college basketball now, Phil. But look how many look how many in state we can say. Well, a lot of these in state guys are always going to go to these other schools. Well, not there. There were too many good in state players going to Wisconsin, going to other places, and guys who got like Mister Basketball comes in from New York and he's a dud, right? Like there were too many situations like that where guys either didn't come here or didn't develop, and 
that's sort of reflective in the product on the court the last couple of years. Well, I'll give you specific examples. Dawson Garcia, Prior Lake High School, McDonald's All-American, lands at Marquette. Having a good freshman year, he's not quite ready for the NBA, but I think he will be eventually. Marquette's then assistant coach, who is now the head coach at Loyola out in California, the team that played the Gophers at the barn in the non-conference, last name is Johnson. That coach, who was then an assistant at Marquette, worked Garcia harder than anyone on the Gopher staff. That, to me, is inexcusable. Yeah. He's in your backyard. You need to recruit him harder than anyone. They waited too long to offer David Roddy of Breck High School, who's at Colorado State, who's one of the best players in the Mountain West Conference. There was a misdiagnosis on Jelly Washington compared to McKinley Wright. You just can't do that when McKinley's in your backyard, Mr. Basketball at Champlin Park High School. Like, you can't have those recruiting missteps. Losing Ben Johnson, assistant coach to Xavier, for an assistant job? He got a raise. He got a new title, associate head coach. It's one thing to lose Ben Johnson for a head coaching job. But you lose Ben Johnson? Gophers alum? You lose Ben Johnson to Xavier? Like, that can't happen. You know, they brought in Jeff, and I'll botch the pronunciation of his last name, M-A-I-L-H-O-T. I think it's Malhot, but I've heard it pronounced different ways. He's a first-year assistant coach under Patino right now. He went to Hopkins High School, grew up in the area. He has a lot of relationships here in town. But it's almost too late for Jeff. It took too long. There was too much right. separation between Ben Johnson and bringing in Jeff. So there were just there were a bunch of missteps along the way for Patino. But I'm with you, Phil. Like, great dude. Great dad, great husband, like just good people. Like those are the types of people you want to root for. So it's super unfortunate, but I just don't know how you could justify bringing him back for a ninth year. That's the bad news. Now, let's talk about a positive. Let's talk about the Wolves. Oh, hold on a second. Well, I mean, do you want to go down the candidates list? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. So I want to throw four names out. Yeah, and then we'll we'll get to the 30 point loss against Charlotte last night. Um, So the four names I keep hearing are Nico Medved. Currently at Colorado State, Minnesota native. He's in his 40s, like 47. Ben Johnson, the aforementioned. And then a couple of familiar last names uh, among Minnesota basketball fans. Eric Musselman and Brian Dutcher. Any other names? How would you rank those four in terms of feasibility? Are there any other names? Yeah, I mean, those are all logical names. Yeah, I mean, Ryan's been watching the Gophers. And Musselman wants the job, but, but Arkansas would work its butt off to keep him, correct? Well, yeah, and, and Muss's buyout is $5 million until May 1st. Now, it goes down significantly May 2nd. Okay. On May 2nd, it's below $2 million. You know, but then to get him here, not only do you have to pay the 175 buyout if you wait until May 2nd, and really, do you want to wait until May 2nd to hire a new head coach? Then to get Muss here, you need to pay him north of what Patino was making. Eric Musselman is not coming here for what Patino was making or less than that. But but finances aside, like Eric Musselman would be my hire. I mean, he turned around Nevada. He didn't lose in the month of February at Arkansas. So he's winning at a high level in Little Rock. Like Eric Musselman would be the no-brainer hire for me. But I get it. Finances do matter in this equation. You've got guys like Craig Smith at Utah State. He worked under Tim Miles. Oh, by the way, Tim Miles... Would have interest in this job. I talked with John Beeline yesterday. Now, John, and Tim for that matter, and any current head coach, you know, so whether it's a broadcaster or head coach, they're not going to openly talk about desire to coach here while they're still a head coach in place. Like, that was an issue with with Chris Finch, right? Like, I know a lot of NBA coaches upset that Chris gave permission to his agent to negotiate with the Wolves while Ryan Saunders still a head coach. That's an unwritten rule among coaches. You just don't do that. So, you know, Beeline wasn't going to talk about any desire to be the Gophers coach or Tim Miles when I've texted with him or others, but you talk to people and text with people close to those individuals and, and yeah, I mean, you have some hints, you know, but but how would you not explore at least maybe Beeline who won at Michigan? I mean, so there's there's a bunch of names. Sam Mitchell. It's an athletic department that doesn't have a whole lot of diversity. Sam Mitchell coached in AAU. Heck, his one year as interim Wolves coach. I mean, think about how young Cad and Levine and Wiggins were. Would he want that job? Sam Mitchell would love the Gophers job. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Sam would love the Gophers job. He's a good coach, but I think sometimes he rubs people the wrong way. I was going to say, he's a pretty crusty old guy to be He can be, but he coached at Memphis. Now, you know, James Wiseman was always going to Memphis because of Penny Hardaway. Right. But he coached for the one year. He helped get Ochua, who's now a really good rookie for, for the Miami Heat. So he's not that far removed from coaching in college, albeit as an assistant, but still coaching in college. He coached Zion Williamson in AAU basketball. He was nearly named the head coach of the G League team, the Ignite. That's got all these all these high school seniors that, that are going to bypass, or I guess they would have been college freshmen this year. You know, bypassing playing in college, they'll go from the G League to the NBA draft, kid named Jonathan Kaminga, who the Wolves would be very fortunate to land if they mm-hmm. end up with, with a top three pick, Jalen Green as well. So Sam, Sam knows what the heck he's doing in that regard. I think an important staff you know, would be key, but he's got a lot of relationships in town. So I'm just saying if, if you wanted to go that route, if you're thinking, okay, like this athletic department needs, needs some more diversity, like Sam Mitchell, absolutely. Phil would, would have interest. So on Finch Doogie, what is now that, that we we are well past the time that he was uh, uh, named the head coach of the Wolves. What is the real timeline then? If he was indeed negotiating with the Timberwolves, I take it it didn't all occur in the second half of the Knicks game on that Sunday night. <laughs> What's the real timeline now for what transpired? I mean, I don't have the exact like hours and dates, but yeah, I mean, everything didn't transpire no, I know, I, that Sunday. But I love John. the fact that Gerson picked up the phone at halftime. He's like, you know, I'm going to make a change. Hey, is yeah. Chris Finch there? Toronto Raptors. Yeah, can I talk to Chris Finch? Yeah, so. it's classic. And you know what? This talking point won't matter if in a year we're talking about the Wolves being a winning organization that Chris Finch has proven that he's an excellent head coach. But yeah, it's just, it's a no-no, an unwritten no-no among head coaches that you just don't do that. That's why we haven't seen something like this since 09 when Lionel Hollins yep. you know, took over an existing NBA team after being an assistant coach elsewhere. We just don't see this. Coaches just don't do that to one another. But I'm telling you, if if they find a way to win, not with this current roster, but they make some changes, whether it's leading into the trade deadline March 25th or in the offseason, if Chris Finch proves his worth, we will never remember this conversation. I will tell you this much. I had a nice one-on-one with Finch on Tuesday. We talked for about 20 or 25 minutes. I like him. Like, we had fun. Like, the first question I asked him was, as we as we get to know you, what about you will surprise us? And his response was, you know, I'm, I'm funnier than maybe people think. Like, I have this, you know, rough exterior on the sidelines. You look at me and you might see, you know, like that guy is is rough, but he goes, I'm, I'm a pretty funny guy. So then I come back with, well, if I talk to your wife, will she think you're funny? And he goes, well, I'm divorced. And we started <laughs> laughing about that. He ended up telling me he got divorced on Valentine's Day. I don't know what? if it was this year or last year. Wait, wait, is that wait, is that when the paperwork was finalized? Well, he just when told the, me that was, the notice was delivered. I didn't, I didn't dig that deep. He fell, but he told go, me he got he divorced was in on the Valentine's Day for the divorce month before, but he didn't tell people. Let's yeah, make and, sure. And again, it's on I don't Valentine's know if that was a couple weeks ago or if that was five Valentine's days ago. But he told me February fourteenth is a really bad day in his life because a divorce. And B, the only time he's ever been fired as a head coach was he was coaching a team in Germany back in 2005, and they fired him on Valentine's Day. So he just said, February 14th is just not my favorite day. But he talked to me about he loves being on the water, loves being at a beach bar. We joked about how how good a, a frozen margarita would sound right now. So, like, there's there's some personality there. I don't know how much we'll see of that in the in the Zoom, you know, pregame or postgame news conferences. But I like him, and, and I've heard he can coach. Like, I don't think there's any debate that that with some roster tweaks, maybe some major roster tweaks, yeah, but, but there's some chops there, like X's and O's, you know, out-scheming the opponent. Like, I think the man has a really high basketball IQ. The one concern I've heard is how will he connect on a personal level yeah. with players? But, hey, Ryan Saunders was the ultimate players coach. That was never an issue with Ryan, and Ryan didn't win, not necessarily – Ryan's fault, like leading into the New York game and then post New York game, they had played eight consecutive games where they lost by single digits. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, Finch takes over. He's now zero and five. If you look at going back to the Washington game Saturday, Phoenix Sunday, then last night, they've been blown out now 
three consecutive games. Like, I can't remember. I don't know how close you guys watched last night's game, but at one point last night, they turned the ball over six consecutive possessions. I swear, I'm trying to avoid hyperbole, but going back my 24 years of doing this, I can't recall watching an NBA team turn the ball over six consecutive possessions. Yeah, That's how bad it is right now. The, the two biggest red flags that I see right now, and it doesn't even include D'Lo just being unavailable and injured. Like That's another red flag. The two biggest red flags I see are Ant Edwards doesn't seem to have a great feel for what he should be doing. Like He's wildly talented. Obviously, he can get to the rim. Why are you shooting one for ten from downtown? Like Stop shooting threes at some point. And so his awareness just seems a little bit off. And then the other thing that I think is even a bigger red flag is Carl Anthony Towns is back. He's healthy. I get that it's been an impossibly hard year for him, but he's here. He's engaged. He's on the team. He's playing every night, right? And they're getting smoked. Like, I just feel like, you know, not to, not that he should be put in the same sentence as Kevin Garnett, but Kevin Garnett played with some pretty ratty rosters over the years, too, especially the last couple of years with the Timberwolves when it was like, KG with Ricky Davis and a bunch of young guys, right? And Mark Blunt. And you know what? Those teams would fight on a regular basis because KG wouldn't allow them to lose multiple games by 30 points, right? It just it just kind of feels like I get that you're not going to finish 500 with this roster and with a coaching change, but Cat, why does your team, this is your team, why does your team not show more fight against the Hornets? Like the Hornets... They're not a train wreck anymore, but you can't get smoked by 30 by the Hornets on Cat's watch. That bothers me, Doogie. And the Hornets were down Devontae Graham. Now that's opened things up for LaMelo Ball. But, yeah, like you look at Charlotte's roster and you look at the Wolves roster, like there shouldn't be that big of a separation, not just for one game, but the totality of of what we've seen so far this season. Cat has to stay out of foul trouble. He commits so many dumb fouls. Jim Pete pointed that, that thing out. Because he had, what, three pretty quick last night? He did. He had at least two really quick and then a third one. And then he picked up his fourth pretty quick there. Yeah, in the second half. Yeah, yeah, early second half, yeah, early third quarter. Yep. You know, so he has to find a way to to avoid all the silly fouls. But it's not like he has a great reputation with the officials. Like, anything close, like, they're going to blow the whistle. He even told us a a couple post-games ago that he's done complaining with the officials. Now, we'll see if that's true. But I think he realizes he's gone too far for years, just complaining about every single call. Like, in his mind, he's never once committed a foul. Yeah. But I still think when ranking issues with the Wolves, even with everything you just laid out, Phil, Cat's still not anywhere near the top of the list. Edwards, certainly, that is concerning. That is very concerning. He has to attack the rim. He's going to become a better finisher at the rim. I mean, he's not finishing at a high clip right now at the rim, but I do think eventually some of those shots will go. He'll get some more and one opportunities, but like he has every reason to be shooting at least five to six free throws a game, like mm-hmm. get to the free throw line, stop settling for that outside shot. And, and too often that outside shot just looks so flat. Like he wasn't a good outside shooter last year, at Georgia. He's not all of a sudden going to be a good outside shooter in the NBA. Like do what you're good at attack the rim. Yeah. Dwayne, by the way, Dwayne Wade became not Dwayne Wade was never a great three point shooter. Twenty almost what sixteen years in the NBA was never a great three point shooter, but Dwayne Wade was so great his first two or three years, just getting to the rack and free throws, and he and he played kind of a running back football style, and it worked for him. And Dwayne Wade is the one that has kind of come out and said, "Listen, I think this guy can be a better version of me." Well, to do that, you don't take ten threes. Like get to the rack and use your athletic abilities to score points that way on Wade though my soapbox take his comments with a grain of salt because Tom Crean is his guy Crean had Anthony Edwards so I wouldn't necessarily buy all into into what Dwayne Wade said about Anthony Edwards but let's also remember Anthony Edwards reclassified he won't turn 20 until August same by the way for LaMelo Ball so LaMelo Ball's as young as Anthony Edwards is but you know Dwayne Wade played multiple years in Marquette so maybe the smarts will come, like like the basketball IQ. I talk about Chris Finch having a high basketball IQ. Anthony Edwards has so far to go when it comes to having a high basketball it, IQ. It's it's the, the problem is the habits, though, and you don't want them to start now, and nobody corrects them. Uh, so, and that's going back to my point 
we do this every Thursday, going back many weeks. What mm-hmm. have I said multiple times that, that my concern is that Edwards can't reach his, his full potential here because of that very reason, Judd, mm-hmm. that there's a lot there to unearth. I still think he has a bright future, but can he really maximize his potential yeah. in this environment? So, Dukes, what's next now? Uh, like, how, how much of, of the current uh, construction of this team works with what Finch wants to do? Are, are we are we potentially, as the deadline approaches, you know, looking at more trades? What's the next step now for Gerson and Chris Finch? The trade deadline is March 25th. I tweeted some people. I talked about this on the podcast, too, but... It gained some steam this morning when Shams from The Athletic said, hey, the Wolves have trade interest in Aaron Gordon and John Collins of Atlanta. Yeah, and we've known that for... Yeah, especially Aaron Gordon. I mean, pre-injury, he's now down with an injury, but he should be back before the trade deadline. But I'm actually told, pre-injury, the Wolves made a new offer to Orlando. I don't have all the specifics. I know it wasn't D'Lo. The Wolves didn't include D'Lo because you can make a logical case. Orlando could use... A guard, like, get out from underneath D'Lo's contract, D'Angelo Russell, but I'm told D'Angelo Russell was not in those talks. I don't have the specifics, but I'm told the Wolves made Orlando an offer hmm. for Aaron Gordon well, then what would before you do, his what, injury. What, what would you do with Jake Lehman, then? Well, he would probably yeah. be in the deal, right? Like, who cares, right, <laughs> Phil? I can't see your face, so I'm I'm guessing you're chuckling. <laughs> I can very, hear the laughter. He was very concerned. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't worry about him. I wouldn't worry about Juancho Hernan Gomez. Like, yeah, that was fun. You know, for if a you minute. need salary filler, you ship those guys to Orlando if, yeah. if if they're willing to take, you know, Culver, you know, would you offer them a future first round pick with with lottery protection or at least top ten protection or top five protection? You know, maybe that's that's something to look at. You're not trading Anthony Edwards. You know, you're not trading, at least right now. I would, but they won't do it. They're not putting D'Angelo Russell on the table. But that's a name to watch as we get closer to March 25th. I do know this. People close to John Collins view this as a great situation if it if it ever could actually happen. They just love the idea of John Collins playing with Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. That, uh, that Collins could really maximize his potential playing next to a big man like Cat. But John Collins wants max money. Is he a max player? And frankly, if you look at what the Wolves can offer Atlanta, like it's nearly impossible to come up with a logical trade match. Like they don't want Malik Beasley, I don't think. And Beasley's been the Wolves' best player this year, but I don't see that happening. Like it's hard to see a match between Atlanta and Minnesota, but the Wolves are pursuing a power forward. Let me add on Russell. I presume he'll be back here in Minnesota at some point, but remember he had the surgery about two weeks ago now, like 15, 16 days ago, whatever it was. In New York City, the Nets team doctor did the surgery. I was told he was then heading to Miami. So my understanding is he's currently in Miami, not here rehabbing. So you want to talk about red flags? Why isn't D'Angelo Russell here rehabbing? Why is he in Miami? And again, I'm positive he'll be back here at some point. Like he's not going to do the full rehab in Miami, I don't think. But the initial plan at least had him in Miami. Mackie, are you done with this? I I don't know what, what... so. I don't know what the like. They at some point they just have to sort of move on to the next thing. Like I, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be off the roster, but I, he can't be like a key guy that you're. He's not your Batman or your Robin. Let's put it that way. No, and I mean there were red flags on him even going back to the pre-draft process. Remember, he came to town. He had dinner with Flip and Milt Newton at seven. There were some things, even like literally the moment they picked him up at the airport. Bad service? The person who picked him up at the airport. They're just, there were different red flags. Uh, just put it that way. There were there were red flags even back then. I think I think Flip, I, I know for a fact, Flip liked him as a player. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to take him at one. He took Cat. Uh, but there were, there were certainly some character question can, marks. Can you give us a little taste here? Can you give us a little something? I'm just, I mean, I'm Something happened with, with the driver that picked him up. At the airport. I remember that, you know, Flip had, had mentioned something on background way back when that, that something mm. happened. You know, and if you're a draft prospect, just, you know, bite your lip, keep your mouth shut, just, yeah. you know, don't say a word. Gotcha. So, you know, maybe it was overblown, but like if you're D'Angelo, just keep your mouth shut, don't say anything. But hey, I still think, you know, there's there's an elite shot creator there, there's an elite shot maker. It's not like he's a train wreck of a player. You know, Chris Finch told me the other day that he feels like he can unearth 
a little bit more playmaking, that D'Angelo is a really good passer. We just haven't seen much of that. And let's remember that D'Lo and Cat have played together for a total of five games, only four this season, the one in Toronto last season. So, you know, let's give a little bit of leeway to D'Lo. Let's see what he can do with Cat for a sustained run. Doogie, rapid-fire scoops here. We'd love to hear about the Stephen Weatherly contract and also anything you have on the Zach Parisi fallout, the benching, the scratching from yesterday. Well, on Parisi, I look forward. I'm actually talking to Bill Guerin later today, so I will bring that up. I don't know how much he'll he'll divulge, but I think this just goes back to Billy wants to get out from underneath the Parisi and Suter contracts. And so, Uh you know, is this another step in, in... Trying to make that happen. Is this now an open invitation to other general managers to call Bill and say, okay, like you made Parisi a healthy scratch. Okay, how can we work out a trade here? Now the Wild would have to take back all sorts of money, obviously. But I think Billy would love, if he could, to move Zach and Ryan. They have the no trade clauses. Ryan isn't waiving his no trade clause. But I think Zach, for the right scenario, would be open-minded to to waiving the, the no trade. I presume Zach will be back in the lineup tomorrow, that this was just a, a one-game ordeal on Weatherly. I've been texting with Steven. We're going to do a zoom here. He was, he was working out. What did he say? He goes, I'm training. I'm free after 1130 central. So I'll connect with Steven here on a zoom in about 45 minutes or an hour, but we were texting. He confirmed a one year deal, max of 3 million base of two signing bonus, 500,000. He can also earn $500,000 in incentives. I have the incentives right here. I don't think this is out there. So tweet it away. If you want Declan at score North, if he hits three sacks, $100,000. If he hits five sacks, $200,000. If he hits seven sacks, $500,000. Cool. So those All are right. those are the incentives. Very easy. So, you know, if he gets to the three sacks he got to in 2018, he also had three sacks in 2019, he'll earn an extra $100,000. Nice. Darren Doogie Wolfson, inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams, Five Eyewitness News, and the Scoop Podcast. Thanks, Doogie. Doogie's good stuff, man. Absolutely. Take it easy, boys. All right. So we'll we'll say goodbye to Doogie here, and, and we'll keep it here to shout out our friends at Wham Attack. That's right. If you're listening or watching on a broken down phone, tablet, or laptop, maybe it's time to break down and get a new one. You don't have to break the bank, though. Wham Attack can help you out. And they are a trusted supplier of pre-owned cell phones, tablets, and laptops, and also new accessories. They source pre-owned devices directly and pass the savings on to you. Whamatech.com. That's W-A-M-A-T-E-K.com. Also, our friends at Federated, they've been helping business owners for over 100 years. That's why Federated Mutual Insurance Company is uh, such a trusted resource for business owners. They've also, uh, also recently launched MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. How helpful would it be as a business owner to have employee training at your fingertips, industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success? That's where Federated comes in. Federated Insurance, click on My Shield or download the app. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Um, boy, that was a great scoop session. Inject that right into Except the basketball veins. talk just makes me more depressed about the state of basketball. I mean, can't somebody be halfway decent? Dude, like, okay, so Royce has been tweeting about this. A couple interesting things here, okay? This is a this is a tough crossroads for the Gopher basketball team. And I agree, like, like Richard Richard Patino, I'm so biased. Like, I used to host the coaching, uh, the coaches show. He was one of the first people to text me when my mom died, like early in the morning a few years ago. And so I just like, I like him a lot. I think he's a, I think he's a good dude, and I think he's done some good things. I think he's a good coach, and he'll land on his feet somewhere. It's clearly not clicking here now. Yep, and it just feels inevitable that a change is going to be made. Um, Royce, you floated this interesting scenario while we were talking to Doogie, and I don't know if he's getting this or if he's just sort of speculating on something. Reckless speculation. Bored in Florida, basically, is what you're saying? He could be bored in Florida. I mean, he get, he goes to Florida, he gets bored, he starts to tweet up a storm. Uh, it's actually enjoyable tweet, so I, I welcome it. That's great. He's just bored. So he says, he references the San Diego State tandem for years. So Steve Fisher. Yep. Steve Fisher was also the Michigan coach yes, for the Final Fab Four five, team right? in 89. Yes, yep. in the Fab Five. Steve Fisher and Brian Dutcher made the head coach in waiting formula work for years at San Diego State. San Diego State's been a really good sort of second tier Division One basketball program. Okay. 
perhaps Brian Dutcher, who's now 62, the son of Jim Dutcher, Gophers coach, Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps Dutcher, 62, at the start of next season, could make the same thing work here with Ben Johnson. Oh, I thought he was going to say Ryan Saunders. Interesting. I don't think Saunders. See, I don't think Saunders would take a college assistant job. He can get an NBA assistant job, make more money. I guess my question is, does he want to stay here or not? He shouldn't, but he might want to. Yeah, and they're they like have, if I'm him, I, I I go to Spolster staff or a really good coach's staff. And they're having a baby, and his family's here. Like that stuff could could factor in. Interesting. So he's speculating on that. Now Ben Johnson is an assistant with Xavier, and so you'd probably have to give him another pay bump to be. Some of this comes down to money, right? Like, So is Ben Johnson not prepared to become a, a head coach at this point? Because he has been an assistant coach and associate coach for a while yeah. now. He's not new. I don't personally know. Some people say the answer is yes, but I don't know how you could know because he's never been a coach, sure. a head coach before. Some of the guys on this list, like Nico Medved from Minnesota, Eric Musselman, who isn't from Minnesota, but his dad coached the Timberwolves way back in the day, and he was an assistant on the Wolf staff. He's been in Minnesota and Brian Dutcher have all had successful head coaching runs. And in the case of Eric Musselman, very successful head coaching runs. He's like 20-5 and five at Arkansas this year in his second year after leaving Nevada. Yeah, he's a very good so coach. So I would personally lean towards somebody with credibility as a head coach, like someone who's been to the tournament and who's coached winning teams in college basketball. Brian Dutcher at 62, it feels a little like... Obviously, it's not a super long-term thing, but how many how many stints are like when you hire a thirty-five-year-old? You're not guaranteed that guy is still going to be the coach in eight or ten years. No, but so if he's the best coach, I, I don't care if he's sixty-two years old. No, but in Quayle's case, I I think that the one thing that we have to go on probably for a big-time hire for football at least was PJ Fleck. Uh, so small sample size alert here, but there might be a potential, and this is just fine that he doesn't want to go sixty-two. That you know, if I can find a guy, sure, uh, like Johnson, who is what forty, yeah, he's like around I think he's 40. Like forty. Yeah, so that to me might be more of what he's tr- uh, trying to find. Here's here's what I want because I don't think that this is a huge ass now. The last twenty years basketball in this state has changed greatly. I mean, thirty years ago, you produced a player. You're like, oh my god, Minnesota Jefferson's got it. Yeah. You know, Kevin Lynch. It's yeah. unbelievable. Minnesota's a freaking. It guy. is a factory now. Okay, here's what I want from the new coach, and here's where I want the Gopher basketball program to um, firmly plant its feet and be now. Because I feel like this was the thing with Patino and local talent, and it's it's two pronged. Number one. I understand that if you produce a huge, big-time player, you know, the Joneses, right? Um, I get that those guys are often going to look at Duke or Can- or Kansas or Kentucky or something and leave. I totally get that. But we got to a point in the last five to eight years where we were, like, punting and, like, oh, he's not coming here. No way. Every once in a while, I'd like to at least be competitive yeah. to, to say this kid – is a NBA talent. He might be one and done, but you know what? You're competitive because you're a Big Ten program. You yeah. should be. And the second thing, and this is where Patino failed the most, and this is has cost him, is there's this second wave of what turns out to be big-time talent that you can't whiff on consistently. Mm-hmm. And those kids would probably jump at scholarships here. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely be, oh, my God, yes. And then they develop into really good players. Um, so those are the two things. Every once in a while, when, when there is a, a Tyus Jones, there's no reason why you can never get him. And and we and we in our sports fandom here, and this is what drives us crazy, Phil, about every team, right? Mm-hmm. Where I was like, oh yeah, I mean they tried, it was good, but no way. Why is it no way? And then the second thing is that wave of guys who develop into stars, but you don't know it when they're high school kids. You need to be able to identify. And get those kids. Yes. So there are 13 players listed on the Gopher basketball roster. And I'll preface this by saying, listen, I love going outside the state and finding a Jamal Mashburn Jr., finding a Liam Robbins. Like, I I am not anti-transfer. I am not anti-go outside the state. Marcus Carr is a Canada kid who went to Montverde Academy in Pittsburgh. Like, I'll take outside the state guys. Absolutely. When it comes to building something that's sustainable long-term and a culture and an identity and a core, especially when you have a little bit of a budding hotbed here, is it California? No. Is it, you know, there are, there are other bigger hotbeds, 13 players on the go for basketball roster. Three 
are from Minnesota. Three. Yeah. It's, I mean. And this state develops players now a lot. You're right. I, I think there might be more there might be more Minnesota players on the Wisconsin roster. Let me just pull it up real quick here. Reavers. Walt McGorry, Tyler Wall, that's two. Mabel Na- Grove. Nate Reavers, Ben Carlson. Yeah, there's yeah, there's probably five. Uh Steven Crawl. Joe Hedstrom went to Hopkins. Brad Davison went to Maple Grove. So wow, there's like seven dudes on the Wisconsin roster from Minnesota. Yes. More than half their rosters from Minnesota. Yes. And again, like Jamal Mashburn Jr., I'll take him. Absolutely. I don't I don't not want Jamal Mashburn Jr. That's yes. awesome. Yes. But some of these dudes are there's some guys on Wisconsin's team that would look great in maroon and gold and would look great shooting threes because the Gophers can't shoot threes, right? And just like with football, there is absolutely no reason why we can't be I, I mean, it sounds pathetic, but there's no reason why we can't be Wisconsin. Like there's no reason in either sport. Like what's the what's the excuse? What do the Badgers do where you say can't duplicate that? Yeah. Um. On the on that front, real quick, Brian Dutcher. So he's sixty. He's sixty one. He will be sixty two in October. Uh, alma mater, Minnesota, obviously, and he has spent. This is his career path. He was a graduate assistant at Illinois in the mid eighties. Then he was the South Dakota State assistant in the late eighties. Michigan associate head coach with Steve Fisher for a good chunk of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And then he was the San Diego State lead assistant and associate head coach from 1999 through 2017. In his four years at San Diego State as the head coach, they finished with 22 wins, 21 wins, above 500 in conference both times. The third year was last year when the NCAA tournament got canceled. San Diego State was 30-2, and 17-1 and in the Mountain West. And I think they were set to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament last year. And this year they're 14 and four, eight and three in conference. And so they're, they're definitely going to be in the NCAA tournament. But like ordinarily, I think, you know, my, I would tend to lean toward get a guy in his 30s or 40s. But like this dude clearly can coach. He's been around college basketball as a lead assistant for 35 years. He's got a Minnesota connection. There's some there there. And so I like what Patrick Royce is, is on to with this. I just I don't know if I want to roll the dice with like all due respect to Ben Johnson. We don't know if he can be a head coach. We know that Brian Dudger can be a head coach. He's just a little older. We're not going to be ages on this show. Okay? I just otherwise Judd wouldn't be on the show. Yes, fifty one. Yeah, <laughs> close. Um, uh, you're spry. The meltdown, the meltdown of that program this season has been remarkable. And I I tuned in again last night, and it was I believe relatively close in the first half and then Penn State Penn State Penn State stinks in the last Penn like State, 2 minutes of the first like half they're playing they're playing teams that are absolutely not good yeah. Nebraska stinks no, Northwestern had lost 13 consecutive games and you are melting down but I would like to apologize quickly on, on behalf of of major Minnesota basketball to the basketball fans of this state because you are passionate fans this is, and we've discussed this on this show a hundred times, this is a good basketball state. It's really good. Like, there's a lot of passionate fans here who love the, the sport. And, and yes, we identify because it's almost a cliche with hockey. But basketball can be and should be, and there is no reason why it can't be huge here. And the crap that you have had to endure this winter, I'd like to apologize for it because somebody needs to. Um, flipping back and forth between the Gophers and Wolves, it's a gong show. It's an absolute gong. And these are supposed to be people playing, in both cases, at an extremely high, competent level. It's a pandemic. And you basketball fans want enjoyment. Like, just a piece of your day to be normal and to be fun. Move to Milwaukee. And you got to watch that absolute garbage last night between those two teams. Literally, as Doogie said, the Wolves Literally. and Hornets are going up and down the court throwing the ball away. Uh, it looked like AAU or worse. It is disgusting to watch what has happened to basketball in this town with the Gophers and the Wolves, and there is no excuse for it because yeah, it's it gross. It's gross incompetence. That's what it is. Like it's not people trying hard. Oh, they're trying hard, but they're no, they're not. This is why you made a mistake. This is why you got to save the fever pitch rom com uh, <laughs> scouting for when the Gophers and Wolves play now. That's what Declan and I did last night. Like, I, yeah. 
No, I got no. I'm I don't. I'm, no, I'm going fever pitch. I'm going down I with the notes. ship. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch this crap with these people that, so a, that I can identify with them and apologize to them. That's that's your personal choice. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, got, I, am, I got my demons. You got yours. Yeah, I gotta do it. I Mac gotta do watching it. Watching a rom com on an air mattress. I mean, for God's sake, I'm sakes. a Minnesota sports yeah. therapist. That's what I am. Licensed. Speak. Speaking of uh, garbage. Oh boy. We go back every Thursday into the Twitter archives for Old Tweets Exposed. And this edition of Old Tweets Exposed is presented by the Score North app. That's right. We have, a, we have an app. It's free to download. We've had it for a couple of years, uh, but we're, Hold on. we're on the verge of updating it with, uh, with some cool new features, too. So you're going to want to have it when we, when we press the update button. But it's, it's awesome as is. And this is Pick Your Prize Month at Score North. So every day between March 8th and March 26th, one person every single day who opens the Score North app will win $100. We're just in a giving mood. That person every day will also be entered to win a $10,000 prize pack from one of our nine partners, St. Croix Casino, Park Dental, Corona Hard Seltzer. The list of the $10,000 prizes are on uh, the rewards page on the Score North app. So three steps. Open the Score North app between March 8th and March 26th. Register. And enter the Pick Your Prize contest through Listener Rewards. People always ask, like, hey, how can we help you guys the most? Where should we be listening and watching? Well, listen and watch anywhere because it all counts for us. But the Score North app is a one-stop hub for all of our content. Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd, also Doogie with the Scoop, and uh, Royce Unchained and Judd's Columns. So you can check all that stuff out in one place with the Score North app. All right, Declan, hit us with the bad news. (laughs) Old tweets exposed. (laughs) There is multiple tweets being brought to the table. This is a Zach Parisi edition. Oh, boy. We will start with Judd Zolgad. This is one of three tweets that will be brought to the table. All from Judd? What are you doing? I did this to Mackie. It's your turn. It's your turn. I love it. It's your turn. Sorry. I love it. Judd's turned on Parisi so hard. While I know it's frustrating that he's hurt a lot and a 13-year contract is insane, but the guy is not a bum. Parise, in many ways, is like Jimmy Butler as far as his style. He's really good when healthy, but his style of play means staying healthy as his age, as he ages, is different. And now you just want him benched. Now you think he's a cancer. I in think the I look room. like a genius off this tweet. It's all true. He's broken down now. I tried to warn you back in yeah, when Jimmy Butler. What's, you know, what's the date on his this? Team to the finals with a bunch of has-beens in, in Miami. But yeah, they're exactly the same. And Zach Parise and Jimmy what, Butler. What's the date on this tweet? Uh, Two thousand nineteen, April second, twenty nineteen. Not a bum. I would not call a him bum. bum. A little self, a little selfish. Uh, you think he's a bum now? I he's he's all selfish. A bum. All right, what's all the right. Next one? Keep going. Keep going. Oh, no problem. No problem. Next one. Here's one reason why I like the Wild, and it makes oh, them okay. different this than other cool. MN teams. Get that off. Get that off the screen. Parisi and Dubnik <laughs> have a calming presence. Get that off the screen. Get that off the screen. Don't, don't, don't. Oh, April. oh my God. It's from 2015. That oh. must have been, this must have been during, like, the St. Louis Blues series when they actually won. The last <laughs> no. time they won a playoff series. What, okay, what does calming presence even mean? Like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. Dubnik's just doing yoga in the corner. Like, Parisi's lighting scented candles in the room just to keep everyone. I don't want to talk. I don't want to. It's also probably a pregame thoughts. You tweet this at four forty nine p.m. So this was a this was a pre this was a pregame. Just rifling it off here. I don't want to. I I don't want to do this segment anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Such a calming presence. Okay, that's okay. Okay, that okay that one, as far as I'm concerned, in the lead for a terrible tweet. When I think of Devin Dubnik, I think calm and collected. Oh God, no! One year later, you son of a. Now this is why you pay a guy 98 million over 13 years. Parisi is doing his best Gretzky tonight. Although that was a bad goal. I went back and looked. Zach had, I believe, a hat trick in the first period of this game. In the first period. Yeah. Okay, my second tweet still worse wow. than that. But look, like, at, look, look at this. This, event. this, this is, is why bad. you pay a guy $98 million no, no, no. over 13 years. For a hat trick oh, in a March season season game. Oh, I feel so naked right now. Declan, you have to you have to put take a screenshot of that and throw it out on the score accounts. We need people to see this oh, outside God. of just the show. Oh, there's a collection of people that would love to see these tweets. About I, I, I got to say, mm-hmm. do you have any other no, ones they for us? Oh, uh, I'm done with Judd. You got one and I have oh, two. No. Thank God. You have one. Wow. I, I don't know how you're going to beat the... No, we probably won't, but we're going to go it anyway. Oh, my God. Oh, look, Warning. I, I put a disclaimer, though. Puck guy tweet coming. 
Didn't anyone notice the Parisi oh. Pottonville Grandland line at the end of last night's game? Pretty, Pretty good. Solid. Pretty good. Pommelville. Pommelville. Parisi. He cycles wide. it. Cycles it wide. Niederreiter's on now. Back to Spurgeon. Spurgeon. Listen, cycles goes wide. Over to Scandella. Scandella to Spurgeon. Spurgeon to Scandella. Pommelville was still in his prime there, so I'm That's confident true. that that line was okay. pretty good. Here's Koivu. Of course, they probably changed the line three games later. Now Koivu. Why don't like why in hockey? Why do you guys need to change the lines all the time? Because it, stick with it's gassing and it's and very hard to do. It's a, it's it's taxing. No, I mean like like from game to game. Oh, oh, we're looking for chemistry yeah, combination. For chemistry. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're looking for chemistry. So shuffle it yeah. up, get more chemistry. Exactly. Uh, me from February twenty sixth, twenty thirteen. Zach Prezi is fun to watch. The other wild players are not. So now, now it's now like I, now it's the opposite. Now it's the complete opposite. <laughs> I don't want to watch eleven at all on this team. Oh my goodness. Thirteen wow, two thousand thirteen. Yep. And this is this isn't necessarily a damning tweet. I just found it hilarious. This was the day after the uh Prize and Suter sign from me. July fourth, twenty twelve. Zach Prize and Ryan yeah. Suter sign. Nick Blackburn gets sent down. Things are starting to turn around in the <laughs> wow. Minnesota sports. Wow, world. what a drive by Nick Black. Nick Blackburn I don't know deserve her. that from you? Yeah, Phil was friends with him, basically. They talked on the clubhouse all the time. Blackie probably had a ERA near seven as the All-Star game was coming up, and I was more excited about the Wild. The Twins had so many <laughs> mediocre pitchers who were just great guys back then. Dunsing, yeah, Blackie, Here, here comes Jason Marquis. Oh. oh, man. Jason Marquis taking 45 minutes between pitches of a spring game. <laughs> okay, I got nailed. Uh, Judd wins that round. Sorry, Judd. For sure. It's not even close. No, you're not sorry at all. You're not sorry. That's the thing. Don't say you're sorry when you're not sorry. Oh, boy. That is a wrap on today's Mm. Mackie and Judd Reckless Speculation I got to go to the hospital, I think. Be sure to catch up on Fever Pitch for Rom-Com Rewind tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Fred Meyer Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Fred Meyer has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.